0: Welcome, everybody. We have another edition of the Watch This Space podcast. This is the August 2020 edition. This is John Arnold. I'm the principal of J. Arnold & Associates. And we are recording. This is our 27th episode. And with me, as always, is my trusty colleague, Chris Fine. Chris, hi. Welcome back. And uh, bring yourself into the podcast.
1: Hi, John. Hi, everybody. Thanks. And it's great to be back.
0: All right, we have, uh, this is our, I guess, our Dog Days of Summer edition. And we're going to go a little bit into a space that we don't get to a lot. But it's another example of kind of the COVID-19 work-from-home phenomenon that we've become so used to at this point. And, of course, we've talked about will we ever go back. But something that you kind of start to realize as you get, I think, hardened around this way of working is you get used to the tools that you're using sometimes it's you don't have much of a choice because the, the company may dictate you have to use certain applications but there are lots of times where there's a little bit of leeway and it's very easy to go to the path of least resistance chris uh... to get used to what we know which is often consumer grade applications you know skype you could argue that applications like Zoom are consumer grade but of course they're a little bit better than that now. But I think it speaks to this whole kind of reality that the quality of the communications tools that we're getting very used to not are not always up to par to what we have inside the office at the enterprise level and I think we become accustomed to working in certain ways for better or worse and I think you know there's a few things to explore there. Huh?
1: I agree John. I I think that what uh, where we are right now with most technologies that people use every day, particularly something like Zoom, which I'm actually a great admirer of, they're they're what I would call very improved and very intelligent versions of consumer technology, but they they have to make compromises partly because of the equipment that a lot of folks are using, I mean almost everybody, which is basically a PC and not an external, or a PC or a phone or an iPad or whatever the device is, and you're using the internal microphone and, uh, and speakers that are in the device, as opposed to uh, headphones or uh, an outside microphone, which is much too much to expect. Uh, and in fact, most of the time, we use all that equipment for this podcast, but normally when we're just going all day, we don't do that. So the basically the software has to make certain compromises um, in terms of things like how does it not let everybody talk at the same time? How does it switch from one person to another on audio and video? And in order to do that, it has it, it ends up having a certain impact on the dialogue as opposed to if you're sitting in front of somebody's face. It's very subtle and they're very good at doing it, but... People talk about Zoom fatigue and people talk about the, sort of the, the missing something. And I think that that all adds up. And so the question that comes to mind, which I thought we were going to think about talking to, about today, is are people really just going to do this? Like how we do believe that when we talked about it, there's going to be a lot of remote work. Uh, but but what do people do to get around some of the limitations of this, of these technological tools that you have to use for remote work does that make sense John
0: well sure you know the of course the digital generation views this very differently than our side of the divide right uh, we come from a generation and a time you know when, when analog was pretty much all we knew from and getting good quality particularly for audio was something we really cared about and it mattered. And we've gone to this world of digital and now with, with, uh, with, uh, miniaturization of transistors and everything, the, the devices keep getting smaller and smaller and you just can't, you have to compromise something along the way. And I think if all you've grown up with are, you know, the portable, uh, music devices and, talking on a cell phone all day long you may not really even miss it and I, I you know you can't really complain about it because that's just the way it is but I think our sensibilities coming to this are a little different where um, the, the quality we had you know certainly from the phones in the office etc was really really good very reliable but you paid for it right it was expensive um, but that's what you were getting Whereas, you know, you could get cheap tinny quality with lesser products, but you knew it wasn't worth compromising. I mean, you, 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 you stuck with the good stuff because it, it was what you needed to be proper in a, in a business setting. But today, that doesn't seem to matter as much. Um, and I'm not sure if we're kind of going down a slippery slope here, uh, or maybe it's just it's just people just do what they got to do, and it's we just live with it.
1: Well, I guess, my, you know, normally we're all singing the same tune. I, I guess I look at it a little bit differently. I'd be interested in your view or reaction to this. I just think that historically there was more done in person, and we've talked about I, because I actually think that there were advantages and disadvantages to the older technology. It was much more limited in what it could do. So for example, when you talk about telephones, the system might have been better tuned in some ways, but its actual capability in terms of the bandwidth and frequency response and noise and everything else wasn't as good as the networks are capable of being today. And I'll I'll give you an example. We're using this application right now, and this is running over the same internet as a phone application or Skype or whatever, but we think the audio is better, but that's because it's engineered to be that way. So I think it, I, I feel like it's a combination of, you know, less in person in general, but there had been enough before COVID to satisfy most people's needs for human to human interaction. But when you use this technology all the time, even though in many ways, for example, the audio quality is better in some ways than phones used to be, worse in some ways, you're still missing the human interaction. So the question is, does the technology get better? Do they start understanding where the mysterious factors are that are not included in the in the sound or the over the video or the behavior of the system, and it becomes more natural and easier to use? Does that come about with VR and AR and other stuff? Or are we go back to being just fine when we have a certain amount of time in the office greater than zero? That's an interesting question to me, because if if we're thinking that more and more people are really going to spend a lot of time outside of the office and we talked about all the factors like what's your physical home set up and what's the bandwidth of your internet connection and who haves and have nots and all of that all very important but assuming even that you were in a position where you could work from home and you were in a good setting and you had everything you needed do you still end up missing something?
0: Well yeah, uh, clearly the normalization of, of remote working as you say means we're going to have less in-person contact no matter what so if anything the onus on those tools gets even greater to be overcoming some of that or at least compensating for the lack of personal interaction um so I, I, i we certainly can't afford to uh to let that degrade to to a consumer level type of experience i think there's so many ways to interact now like you say the limitations of desk phones is pretty clear much like a lot of analog technologies are compared to today but the other the flip side of that of course is that we have more modes to engage now um, which again maybe takes some of the edge off of not having personal contact. so we can do voice from our landline phones from our mobile phones from our desktop and now of course with all these um wearable devices, you know, uh, for example, you know, with uh, uh, Amazon has a full line of these products that are voice enabled, you know, it it could be a ring on your finger, it could be your watch, which we already have, and through your glasses, there's a million interfaces now that can support voice commands, and um, that's a closer to uh, work I do for uh, looking at speech tech uh, talk that I'm going to be giving at Enterprise Connect looking at these applications and it's just really interesting. Voice quality aside, this is also speaking to uh, another kind of a bigger story that I'm looking at and that's a move to what they call ambient interfaces where you won't have you won't be tethered to a physical device that you have to use to initiate contact but rather that these things will be running everywhere any surface could be voice enabled um, which just shows you how far the technology has evolved which would have been unthinkable you know 30 or 40 years ago
1: I agree I agree and I think I think you've hit on a point as usual a shrewd one about the evolution of the hardware, right? The evolution of the, of the way it's configured. And I was thinking about how that relates to what we were talking about earlier. So what I feel is going to happen with the future of collaborative technology, the Zooms and all of that, is that, hard, that there may become, for some, for example, PC vendors, and, and it's always kind of been this way for Apple, where and i don't say that as a fanboy i just think that's always been a priority for them to improve for example the quality of the microphones and the and the speakers and the audio circuitry in whatever device you have in the home i think there's work to do on the android side of that too and i also think apple in recent generations has made some compromises but when you do invest a little bit more as opposed to keeping the cost as low as possible in some of the in some of the input and output devices you you can really go a long way and that's how there were a million mp3 players before the iPod came out and certainly part of the iPod's dominance of the space was the interface but the other part was that they really invested in the audio circuitry and so if you had a song on an iPod, it just sounded a heck of a lot better than the sort of transistor radio sound, if you remember that, that was on a lot of the MP3 players prior to the iPod. So what I, I, what I wonder is, are the manufacturers like Lenovo, HP, Microsoft, and, and, and Asus and all the others that make the home and, and office equipment, are they going to combine with, with companies that make the software to actually make the experience better the video and the audio camera is the same thing
0: well i could see it i could see it and, and and i think it takes us further and further from the world of you know associating a telephone with speech right and and communicating when you can't be in person and i think we're so far uh, removed from that now that there's going to be another way i'm sure there'll be at least one more wave of innovation where we're going to find all kinds of interesting ways to put voice into the mix in ways that we haven't thought of before and i think that's a real interesting space for the design uh, world to come up with in terms of well we don't have to be pushing buttons we don't have to be dialing numbers to communicate and the, the whole concept of a of a pbx or you know a Dedicated phone system is going to be, you know, going to seem increasingly quaint down the line. I think that's going to be an interesting area to watch.
1: Well, I think most of today's UXs on applications, you know, user interfaces, are going to look like rotary dial phones. Pretty, I mean, they're much more complicated than rotary dial phones were to use, you know. And um, you know, we've struggled at various times to even to get a session like this going and People are struggling all the time, I see, on various products, you know, video conferencing products and other types of applications to use them. And, you know, it's usually once you understand how, it's really pretty consistent to do. But, for example, first-time Zoomers or Skypers you can go for quite a while before everything really gets rolling. And how many meetings have you been on where it just takes forever? And it's even worse. It, it, it's going to have to be solved on a bigger scale because the user interfaces in your typical room-level system are even worse. And so when you start getting people back to work and you really have a ton of remote people dialing in or connecting to a meeting where part of the people are in person, you're going to have to have a radical upgrade in the way all of this connects together and the way it gets going. Because the average delay of, for, for audio-visual in an in-person meeting has been 7 to 10 minutes since forever, which is crazy. Mm. So it all has to get easier to use.
0: For sure. For sure. Ease of use has always been the driver for, for adoption. and like anything else you know the consumer world leads the innovation and the enterprise space tends to follow and i think what you mentioned before with zoom is a great example of that i mean how how uh you know dominant were the early video players in the enterprise space and since zoom has come along they've just expanded the market tremendously simply because it's an ease of use solution
1: it's just easier to use And the chances are that if you do the basic operations, it's going to come online and it's going to be okay. And you could be using average equipment. It works on a very wide range of equipment. But I I just want to throw out the question for you, John, that I think... So this this is the dilemma. I don't have an answer to this, but for once I'm just going to throw it out there. So if you look at the technology we have today, as we've said in numerous podcasts, it is incredible. Right? What, the fact that you could basically run this entire, so much of this economy on remote work for such a long period of time, and I know there's many parts of it that are hurting and are in trouble, so I'm not trying to minimize that in any way, but for people who are able to work remotely, if you are able to conduct your job in that way, the, the tools have become incredible. But why does it become unsatisfying after a while? Like, why do you read so much about people really missing some, some undefined something of being in the office? Because it's not that obvious, right? Because a lot of times, you're, you know, it's just as easy to go walk around and grab somebody as it is to get them on Slack, for example, and yet it's not the same. So does that gap ever get overcome, or is it just always you have to have a certain amount of personal interaction?
0: Well, I think our kids might answer that differently, even though that's counterintuitive itself. Because you see more and more talk from studies about, especially Gen Z, wanting more authentic experiences. That um, even though they've grown up totally in a digital world, in a sense that makes them more distant more quickly from in-person contact. And it's clear that they still crave it. So there could be a bit of a pushback in that regard. And it's really hard to tell how all this is, is gonna play out. I mean, our generation certainly thrives on the personal contact. And I think everybody does if given a choice. But I think, you know, for so many people, technology is as much as it's an, an, an enabler of the way we do things, it's also a gatekeeper. And there's a reason why people don't answer the phone. There's a reason why people don't uh, answer their voicemails or even listen to them. There's a reason why people don't respond to emails because they're mechanisms to kind of control access. So even though it's intended to make you more accessible, having presence and all these indicators that tell people your availability, that, that hits a limit too. And it's like with Slack, with all these channels, this persistent mode of having an application running all the time is—it becomes intrusive after a while, and it's very difficult to focus and have kind of deep concentration on, uh, you know, especially for complex tasks and long projects. So there's some dynamics there that are that kind of butt up against each other, and it makes it hard to kind of know what's the right balance. In other words, do I have to have perfectly sounding audio at all times? Do I have to have perfectly clear video, high definition at all times? Or can I just get by with it being good enough so I can still maintain a sense of kind of independence or kind of control over my environment? Because the accessibility of all of this is, is great, but at the same time, it's it can also turn us into automatons that, you know, we're never off, just like our phones.
1: Well, so one factoid that I find very interesting is the the fact that since the COVID lock-in started and the limitations in the offices, the the percentage of voice telephone calls in terms of smartphone usage has gone through the roof. And studies of the um, who talks to whom reveal that it's not all business. And, and consequently, also the use of, of, of Skype and Zoom for family contacts and calling your friends from high school and whoever else has really gone up. So that's an interesting phenomenon. But, John, I think, I think what at least what comes to me out of this conversation is that I do think that organizations, and this is the sort of we're getting to the actionable part of this, or I would suggest that, that organizations really have to think about the balance and be very careful about making too easy conclusions from this whole period, you know? Because I think that getting that balance right between remote work and office work, you know, it's easy to rub your hands together and kind of cackle if you're a business and say, Oh, I can I can cut back on my real estate space. I can you know, and meanwhile, if you're if you're an employee or a person who was able to work at home, and again, I I emphasize that is not everybody by any means. But if you can, you're kind of tempted to say, oh man, I'm never gonna go back in, or I hate commuting, or I do this or that, and and yet, so so you know, take away my square footage at the office. I never you don't let me come back. I don't care. I'm never coming back. I think that's too easy I I don't think that's all correct and I think that people have to think about that very carefully
0: Mm mm-hmm yeah I would agree you know it's technology cuts both ways in a sense you know it creates closeness but it also creates distance and uh, you know in this case with home-based work it creates the closeness that you couldn't have any other way and that's fantastic but it also creates distance too by allowing or giving people more control over who they want to speak to who they want to share information with how accessible they really want to be and of course you know I think the biggest thing longer term with the, with the home base working is losing that boundary of you know personal time and work time and, and there's so many layers to that and uh, you know for everyone who loves it there's, you can easily find people who are just you know you reach a wall with this pretty soon. It gets tired after a few months in terms of that constant on and off and endless uh, Zoom call. So, yeah, I mean, if given a choice, would you rather be on Zoom calls all day from the comfort of your home? Or would you rather be in in-person meetings? I mean, you're doing the same things, right? But I think for the most part, if a meeting is well run, you feel a sense of greater sense of connection, obviously, when you're in person. And I don't think you get that same level of fatigue that you do on a Zoom call all the time, if the meeting is run well. And, I, and that's a bit of a caveat to this too, Chris, because I uh, I've certainly seen in, in in my research about how is the technology can be the best in the world, but if you're if you have no concept of how to run a meeting properly and manage it, the human experience doesn't matter how good the tools are you know if you if you can't set objectives if you can't delegate tasks and set times and limits and all that stuff during the meeting and keeping it engaging it's not going to matter so i think as you say as a as a kind of a, a takeaway for our listeners especially people who are managing and planning these things and i this will probably be a good way for us to wrap up is to say you know keep in mind that technology isn't the answer for everything as you say, it's fantastic how good this stuff is now, but it, it's not the be-all and end-all. We're still humans dealing with humans to get things done.
1: I agree, John. And I know I always say this, but you also have to be super sensitive to the different needs, different jobs, the job content, different you know, environment that people are operating from, different family situations, um, culture in all of this. You have to be very people-focused, even though you're applying a lot of technology to it. Because otherwise, you really end up with some people who are engaged and some people who aren't. And it's at the end of the day, no organization really wants to have that. So it's going to be interesting. It's, a, it's definitely a watch this space because I feel like there's a whole area of study and evolution that we have to do in order to get this mixture right.
0: Well said, and I think that will take us out uh, unless, of course, you're in an office environment that can be fully automated with no people and just run by bots. But uh, thankfully, we're not there yet. So let's uh, continue. The, uh, I'll take the human struggle any day.
1: Absolutely, John.
0: Okay. So with that, thanks, everyone, for listening. This is another edition of Watch This Space, our podcast on future of work and collaboration technologies and as always chris fine thank you again we we did it again so thanks
1: yeah john thanks a lot and thank you everybody for listening to us
0: okay we will be back and look for more changes coming and improvements to what we're doing so that's all i'm going to say about watch this space so watch this space we'll see you next month